anything um, really in the book of Joshua. So really, that's the issue um, with a lot of things in the church. We all we only tell Joshua's story about the walls of Jericho. Yes, we all we like a lot of us should know that story from Sunday school and things like that. But the thing is, that's very small. That's only a small part of the story of Joshua. In fact, the story of Joshua is much bigger. And the things that the Lord started to show me in the book of Joshua, I was like, whoa, like this right here is about to be really amazing and what to take away from this, especially moving forward in the world that we're in right now with the situations that we're facing now. You know, what is it that we can learn from Joshua? Um, Because, you know, the thing about God is if he did it before, he'll do it again. That's the one thing that you should have learned when you were listening to the teachings concerning um, where Jesus and the Holy Spirit are in the Pentateuch, uh, which is the first five books of the Bible where he is in the Pentateuch. So we already know some of that part, or you have some of those ideas. But now we're in the first book outside the Pentateuch. So the Pentateuch is the law, which is uh, the first five books, okay? So that's just um, the law. Deuteronomy was the law. So now Joshua is a little different because the previous generation, um, the Moses generation, as it was called, Moses generation died. They all passed. God had them wander in the desert and gets rid of the previous generation. But what's amazing is that God says, okay, now with this new generation led by Joshua, now go into the promised land. So first we're going to pray and then we're going to hop into this word. Amen. So let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, right now I come before you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I thank you so much for your people that are here right now. I pray, Lord, that you will allow me to decrease so that you may increase. Anoint my lips a clay that I may be an oracle of God. Let nothing I say be of earthly wisdom and be of everything of heaven and the spirit, Lord. And right now, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will possess my body, that you will use it in any way that you see fit. And I pray, Lord, that these not be my words, but your word. Let no flesh glory in thy presence. And I pray, Lord, that let these words be fire in your people wood and let them be consumed by it. Holy Spirit, my friend, I pray that you are loosed in this place. Give your people divine wisdom and divine revelation. I pray, Lord, that you will flood their spirits with light so that they may see. And I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that the kingdom of God is here, that the kingdom of God is at hand. And I pray, Lord, just have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, I do pray. While I pray in the coming of the Holy Spirit, my prayer partners agreement said amen, amen, and amen. All right, so now let's get to the first revelation concerning the book of Joshua. So if you go into Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy um, chapter 18, we see God... 
tells Moses that I'm going to raise another prophet like you unto you. And he said, you tell the Israelites, there will be another prophet. He will be like Moses. He will have the same authority anointing. He's going to have what Moses had. Okay. He's going to have that face to face, mouth to mouth relationship with, um, God, like, um, Moses had. So he said, there will be a prophet like unto you. And so, and I told you guys that, um, the prophet who God was referring to was Jesus. Okay. We all know that. Now let me show you how prophetic and how amazing God is. Here is the first revelation. Shortly after, you know, Moses gives him that word. He tells Moses that it's time for you to appoint your successor. It is time for you to uh, put someone that when you die, when you, um, you know, uh, pass away, that this person can step up and take the lead. Okay. And who is the person God calls? God tells Moses, go and touch Joshua, son of Nun, for the spirit of the Lord is on him. The spirit of the Lord is on him. So you go and you touch him and you appoint him as the new leader. Now, Preacher, that seems pretty basic. What is the thing? Let me show you how amazing God is. The prophet, like unto Moses, was Jesus, right? We can agree on that. That's Jesus. Don't you know Jesus is his Greek name? Jesus' Hebrew name is Yeshua. Yeshua means Joshua. So God, all the way back to Moses, the next person who is in line, the clue is that the next person in line, he said, go touch Joshua or Yeshua, son of Nun. Oh my goodness. This is so amazing. So he says, for the spirit of the Lord is upon him. You go and you touch him. You pass the mantle on to Joshua. Now you have to understand what Joshua or Yeshua means. Yeshua means Jehovah saves. Jehovah is salvation. So when the angel of the Lord came and said, and his name shall be called Jesus or his name shall be Yeshua, meaning that he will save his people. So now we see here that after Moses, next in line is a Yeshua, is Joshua. So now let's go into what is so amazing about Joshua. What is it that God is doing with Joshua that is so unique and that is so special? Okay, what you have to understand is that before a move of God, before God makes a move, before God does something, there always has to be a sound. There has to be a sound. What do I mean by that? What do I mean is that before God enters you into a new realm or into a new dimension with him, there always has to be a sound. There has to be 
um, a noise. For example, when God comes down to Moses, what was God's command? The sound God gave to Moses was deliver my people, get them out, right? Before God moved, there always had to be an instruction or a sound. So what is the sound for Joshua? Let Now take them in. So now before there's a move of God, uh, God tells Joshua, now it's time for you to go into the promised land. And I know it's like, well, what is the significance of this? Okay, moving on. Before the Holy Spirit came to the earth, there was what? A sound. Before there was a revival, a move of God with the Holy Spirit, there was a sound. And it said, and the sound of a rushing mighty wind came and the Holy Spirit came and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they were all speaking in tongues. Okay, but before that, there was what? A sound. A sound of what? A rushing mighty wind. So basically, a sonic boom happened. They did. They had no other way to say it, but a sonic boom. They heard like a boom whoosh, come in. So you have to understand that. Okay? So God, again, is saying that now I am coming down with you, Joshua, like I did with Moses. And when I told him to bring out the Israelites, now I'm telling you, take them in. Glory to God. See that? So now we see the key here. Okay. Joshua chapter one. This is the key. Okay. Now I want you to read. Uh, we're going to start at verse five because this is God comes down. He, he speaks with um, Joshua face to face. He speaks with him. So look at this. Well, somebody, how do you know it was face to face? Because it says that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, Thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. All right. So let's go right here to verse five. Okay. Here's the key. Look at this. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. This is the promise God makes to Joshua. So he says, days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Okay? Now, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy ways prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Number nine, read this. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, 
neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. All right, so let's stop right there. I love what God did here with Joshua. He said, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you, Joshua. So how was God with Moses? Okay, let me tell you. With Moses, we know that going back to the word of God, he put him in the place of God, of a little G God. He says, he says to Moses, um, for I have made thee a God unto Pharaoh. You see that? So he put him in the class of a little G God. So he gives him authority. Then he, he gives him a face-to-face, mouth-to-mouth relationship. So he's able to talk to Moses. Then Moses is able to talk to the people. Moses was able to go into the glory of God, even though it was a small portion, but it was still the glory of God, the presence of God, and receive instruction and then go and carry it out. Do you see that? So basically what God promises Joshua is that I'm going to be with you the same way I was with Moses. I'm going to put you in the class and rank. You w- Now, I want people to understand this. He did not say you would have the same relationship I have with Moses. Uh-oh. He said, I'm going to be with you the same way I was with Moses, but your relationship with me is totally predicated on you. What is the key to this? God is not a respecter of persons. God will always, it, it's never about him. God will be with you. In fact, that's what Emmanuel means, God with us. As soon as you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you received the Holy Spirit, the Lord is with you. God is with you. Jesus is with you. The Holy Spirit lives in you and abides in you. This is true. But that does not mean you have a relationship with him. Uh Uh-oh. So you have to notice the difference. A lot of people look at Joshua like, oh, God said, okay, he's with him like he's with Moses. Yes, because Moses paved the way for Joshua to receive that. He paid the price. It's an inheritance. Y'all missed that. Moses gave an inheritance to Joshua. He said, you're next in line. That's why God said, touch him for the spirit of the Lord is on him and impart. That's what that really means. When he touched him, it was to impart to him the mantle that Moses had. It was supposed to be given to Joshua. But so that Joshua did not have to start from where Moses started. Uh Uh-oh. Y'all missed that. Joshua did not have to start at square one like Moses. He learned under Moses. He served Moses. And then Moses passed on the mantle to him so that when he passed on, he could hit the ground running. That's why God didn't tell him, you got to go and do this. I got to prep you for 80 years in order for this to happen. No, he prepped him for the time he was in the desert. And then he said, as I was with Moses, now I'm with you. Okay, so look at this. Joshua hit the ground running. Joshua did not, you know, he didn't have a hard time like Moses. 
Because Moses had to receive instruction before he acted. Always. God would tell him to do something, hit the dust, do this. And he had his brother do it first. Then Moses later developed the boldness and the courage to do it himself. I hope you are understanding this. So Joshua was more ready to go, I guess you could say. But this is the amazing thing of Joshua. The promise that God made with Joshua, you're about to see that Joshua had no problems learning how to operate in that. Why? Because he was trained up properly. You see that? That's the thing about ministries that people are missing. The job is to train you up so that when you're in the position God wants to put you in, you can hit the ground running. You don't have to start at square one. You start from level 20 or level 25 from wherever that person left off. But what the church has done is make it seem like you have to earn everything and instead of, let me tell you something, the reason why God designed a tutoring system or a master system is so that you could start from where your master left off. Y'all missed that. Why do you think Jesus told the disciples after he was raised from the dead, okay, now you guys start over from where I was. No, he said, go and make disciples of the nation. Go and heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, go and preach the gospel of the kingdom. Go do what I was doing, except take it to the next level. That's why Jesus said these works and even greater you will do if you what? Believe. If you will just what? Be faithful and believe. You will see later on in the scripture that the problem that the Israelites later faced leading to the book of Judges was that they lost the idea of inheritance. Because let me ask you, who was the leader after Joshua? Who was that leader after him? Who was the leader after him? The Israelites went many years after Joshua before God had to appoint a leader again. That's why we have the judges. Is everyone with me so far? Is everyone receiving that so far? A thumb up or something would be appreciate or go into the chat, whichever. I don't care. But let me tell you something. This is amazing. Okay, I'm going to go to Joshua chapter 3. Okay. Now, oh, glory to God. Look at this. Okay. Verse 13. Look at what um, Joshua says to them. Now, here's another thing. I want you to understand this. Well, let me go to chapter 3, verse 7 first. And the Lord said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. So in chapter three, we see that God speaks to Joshua when you have to go back even further early in the morning. Okay, you have to understand this. Joshua why did Joshua get up early in the morning? He learned that from Moses. 
Do you see that? He not only learned from Moses, he applied what he learned from Moses. He would get up in the morning and he would spend time with God. And then God would speak to him in the morning to carry out what he wanted to do for that day. So for some of you who don't understand, I wonder what I'm going to do today. I wonder what the Lord wants me to do today. Get in his presence, fellowship with him in the morning and let him speak to you so that he can let you know this is what I want you to do this day. This is what you're going to do today. And I'm going to show people that I am indeed with you. Glory to God. I hope you receive that. Moving on. Look at this. So seven, he says, this day will I begin to magnify thee. So he said, so before he tells him, I'm going to be with you. So Joshua already received that promise he, that God's going to be with him. But look what he had to do. He still had to be faithful to God. He still had to do the things God liked, meeting him in the morning, meeting him and praying and fellowship. Because then when it was time for him to act, God, all he had to say to him, today, I'm going to magnify you. Now I'm going to show them that I'm with you the same way I was with Moses. Do you see that? So for some of you, you might have received a promise from God. You may have received a word from God, but you don't see the instant manifestation of it. God didn't say he wanted you to figure out how he's going to give it to you. He said he just wants you to believe him. Just believe it. Receive it. Right here, this is the promise God has for you. He said, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. That was part of the old covenant. We have a new covenant, which is even greater. Oh, y'all missed that. We have an even greater covenant because we have God himself abide in us. Joshua could only meet with God. We have the living God inside of us, those who believe and accepted Jesus. So, listen, so if we start to apply some of these things into our lives, we see the same benefits as God was with Moses or with Joshua. He's not a respectable person as he was with them. He will be with you, but you have to receive it. You have to ask for it. If you want God to be with you the same way he was with Moses or the same way he was with Joshua or the same way he was with any leader, Peter, James, John, any of them, Paul, and etc. If you want him to be like that with you, all you got to do is ask and pay the price for it, which is spending time with him. Pursue the relationship, not the anointing, not the power. Pursue him. That was the key. You see that. Now we're going to move ahead to verse 13. Look at this. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon an heap. And it came to pass when the people were moved from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the Ark were come unto Jordan and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water. 
for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time for harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up. Uh-oh. Stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city, Adam, that is beside Zeratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Do you see this? So what does God do to vindicate Joshua? Instead of splitting the Red Sea, he stops the Jordan River. He does the same thing that he did with Moses except on a on a smaller scale instead of splitting a sea he splits a river <laughs> he look at how the bible describes it it describes the water standing up and being pushed back the spirit of the lord rested and the waters stood up Hmm, if you go back when the sea was split and it says, and the waters did what? Stood up. Glory to God. Do you see that? What is the significance of that standing up? It's because the creation realized the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. You have to understand this. They realized the authority and power. It said that it stopped all the way the Jordan. It stopped all the river flow of Jordan. It made it stand up. God made it stand up. And then what does it say? It says, and they touched dry ground. It didn't say they touched muddy ground. It didn't say they touched messy, muddy water, watery ground. It said what? Dry ground. What kind of ground did the Israelites step on after the Red Sea? Dry ground. Do you see that? So God, right off the bat, shows Joshua, I am with you. I did the very same thing I did to Moses. Are you hearing this here? So what is the significance of this, preacher? I'm going to tell you. The problem with the church that the Lord wants me to tell you we come to a river, we come to a mountain, we come to the sea. And what the church has taught us, what the Greco-Roman culture, what everybody has taught us is figure out how to get across. You got to swim, you got to get a boat, you got to do this, you got to do that. You got to figure out, well, maybe, well, we can't get through the water, the water's too hard. So maybe we can go around. No, we can't go around, it's too long. The church turned us into mountain climbers. They turned us into um, people who have to tread the water, who have to figure out. The, the, the church taught us how to, you got to figure it out. Taught you, you got to work to get it. You got to work to get over that mountain. God said, I never once said, climb the mountain. Not once. I said, speak to the mountain. 
I said, speak to the mountain. He didn't tell him, figure out how to get across the Jordan. He said, as soon as your feet touch the water, I'll move it. As soon as Jesus did what? Step on the water. He could what? Walk on it. Glory to God. And then look at what Peter says. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, allow me to come with you and walk on the water with you. And all Jesus said was come. And Peter could walk on water. But as soon as he looked away from God. He started to drown. He started to sink. Some of you, you are climbing a mountain. Some of you are trying to figure out how to get across the Jordan River. Some of you are trying to figure out how do I get past this sea? How do I get past this obstacle? How do I get past these barriers, these things that are in my way? The Lord says, speak to the mountain. Speak to it. When you move, I'll move with you. Do you not know who abides in you? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that conquered death, hell, and the grave lives in you. The very same spirit. You, you did not get a lesser version of it. You got the same one that raised Jesus from the dead and gave us that victorious victory in Christ Jesus for all eternity. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, take heart, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. What you doing trying to overcome the world for? He already did it. He overcame it so you didn't have to. He overcame it because all you have to do is believe in him. Have a relationship with him. Believe in his word. Believe that he is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. Believe him by faith. You receive the promise of Abraham. You receive the world. You receive God as your inheritance. Do you see that? But it's about you. God's power has not changed. So the issue must be the vessels. That's the only logical conclusion I can come up with. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did before, he will do it again. His power has not changed. The problem is the vessels have. We see everyone else climbing the mountain. We think we got to climb it too. Now, y'all go ahead. I'm going to speak to my mountain and I'm going to watch it become a plane. And as I walk through it, Simba, we need a boat. No, you don't. I'm going to walk on the water or I'm going to have the water part. Simba, you can't talk like that. Says who? Well, says logic, says reasoning. Well, it's a good thing. I'm not a logical creature. Oh, glory. I'm not someone who's predicated off of my knowledge. It's spirit born. Things of the spirit understand things of the spirit. The Bible says creation is yearning for the manifestation of the sons of God, not the intellectual ones. 
Not the reasonable ones. Not the ones who make sense. Don't you know that everything Jesus did did not make sense to all the people who hung around him? It did not make sense to his disciples. It did not make sense to the Pharisees. It did not make sense to the Romans. It still doesn't make sense to the world today. How in the world could this little carpenter, this man who says he is the son of God, but yet there's historical evidence that back up his death, burial, and resurrection. And yet he still proves his word to this day. Never have we seen anything like this before. That's because it is not a natural thing. The church tries to make you natural when it should try to make you supernatural. You are a supernatural creation. You are not just a natural one. You're supernatural. So you handle situations the same way God would. Can you imagine God trying to figure out, I wonder how I'm going to get across this river. Is there, is, is there a tree nearby? Can we make wood? Can we make a boat? God would say what? Move? Or, you know, I'm just going to walk through here. I'm going to do what it is I'm going to do so that my will be fulfilled. We who are his believers, we have to have that same faith. That's why Jude says, contend for the faith once given to the saints. You will see after Joshua, God doesn't manifest himself as much as he was with Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Joshua. You started to see a decline. So what happened that suddenly now as you progress, then you get David and of course you get a couple of others. But you start to see the Israelites become more religious, more stuck on the law than supernatural people. Because it said it wasn't just them, multiple people operated in this. You have to understand God was with them. God fought with them. If you continue to read in Joshua, I hope you're receiving that. I know there's a lot here, but I hope you're receiving something. So let's go to uh, Joshua chapter five. Here you're going to see Jesus. You're going to see Jesus. Chapter five, verse 13. Are you there? Who here is receiving this right now? Are you learning something? You have to go into the promised land. Do not be like the Israelites. Do not be afraid. If God be with you, who can be against you? If the same spirit that conquered death, hell, and in the grave abides in you. That's why Paul, I love what Paul said. He said, do you not know that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost? Do you not know who's inside of you? Do you not understand how big a deal this is? Let me move on. Are you ready? 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. Now, hold on. You have to understand this. 
Jericho was the first obstacle Israelites had to run into. Why? Because Jericho was the biggest and baddest in all the land. If you took down Jericho, you took down everyone else pretty much. That's literally God's way of thinking. You think the obstacle you're up against. Let me tell you something. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The hardest thing you will ever have to do in this world is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you've already done that. (laughs) That was the hardest thing you had to do was accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've already done that. So now all you're doing is stepping in his life. That's all you're doing. All you're doing is stepping in his victory. All you're doing is allowing him to live through you. That's the challenge now is that because you have accepted him, now let him overtake your sinful nature. Now let him live by you through the spirit of God. Now pursue the relationship with God with without shame, without regret. Why? Because God reconciled you back to himself through Jesus. Do you see that? So you're not so you're no longer a foreigner. You're no longer an outcast. You're no longer what the world says about you. You are who God says you are. Do you see that? So to overcome the world, Jesus already did the hard part. He died so that you could live. Some of you, I got a couple of cancer survivors here. Let me tell you something. He paid for that on the cross. He paid for that so that you wouldn't have to pay for it. Do you see that? He already paid the price for it. Whatever addiction, whatever conflict, whatever thing that you have with you, he paid the price for it so that you didn't have to. That's why he said, all you have to do is believe in me. All you have to do is believe my word. All you have to do is allow my spirit to come into you. I'll take care. I already defeated the devil. I already defeated the world. All you're doing is living in it for me. I already did it. You see that? Receive that. Glory to God. So now look at this. So some of your obstacles, the Lord is saying That after you take down this obstacle, after you learn this, everything else, even if they come up against you, this is this is easy pickets. And it should be not saying you're not going to have struggles. Please understand me. You're still human. Your spirit is redeemed. Your mind and your body is not. It's still consumed by the sinful nature. But when you learn To beat down the sinful nature by living in the spirit. By communing and allowing the Holy Spirit to take over and take precedence in your life. Then it's easier. Let me move on. This might be a little longer today, but it's okay. The Lord really wants me to emphasize this. When Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there stood a man over against him. With his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Look at what Jesus says. This is Jesus talking. And he said, Nay, 
but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, what saith my Lord unto his servant? You see that if it was an angel, as soon as he began to worship him, he would have said, get up. You see that he would have told him to get up. What happened when Gabriel came to um, to Joseph or when he went to John the Baptist, um, you know, father and they what tried to worship? He said, get up. It's like, what you worshiping me for? No, get up. You see that if it was an angel, he would have said, get up. But because he was worshiping, and look what he says, what saith my Lord? Do you see that? And look what he says, as captain, captain of the host, captain. He is the leader of the army of God. He is the leader of the angels of God. He is the leader. Captain, that word also means prince. He is the governor, the captain. Look at this. Unto his servant. And the captain. If this was an angel. If this was Michael. Or someone else. First off Michael doesn't give messages. That's not in his job description. And this isn't Gabriel. Otherwise Gabriel would have addressed himself. Like he did back then. Do you see that? Look at this. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua. Loose thy shoe from off thy foot. For the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Do you see that? The same thing Moses had to do, Joshua did. What did God say to Moses? For take off your shoes for where you stand is what? Holy. What does he say to Joshua? Take off your shoes for where you stand is holy. But look at what Jesus is. Jesus is carrying a sword. He looks he says, I am captain, but this is the part that's so amazing. He says, are you before us or for our enemies? He says, and I love this. He said, nay, but as he said, nay, neither. I'm, ne I'm neither for you or for them, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? Now look at this. Look at this. Here's revelation. Are you ready for this? We looked at Moses, the story of Moses. Jesus was what? Represented as what? The sacrificial lamb. He was represented as the lamb of God, the blood of Jesus that, that saves the world from all of our sin, right? That's what he was with Moses. Look at what he is with Joshua. He's a conqueror. He's the captain. Hmm. So Jesus' first coming... He came as what? The Lamb of God. To die for the world. Jesus' second coming, he's coming as what? The king, the captain, the leading the armies of God. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing this here? Jesus is literally, God is literally showing future events about the Messiah just through these books of the Bible right here. So when Jesus first came, he came as the Lamb of God. When Jesus comes back, he's coming as the Lion of Judah. 
to conquer the nations, to conquer the world. You see that? But I love this because I had to do research. I had to, you know, um, spend time with the Lord. But do you know why God said or why Jesus said, nay, I'm neither for you or for them? Why? Why did Jesus say nay? Wouldn't it be easier to say, yeah, Joshua, I'm on your side? No, that's technically that's not the way it worked. I later learned this through my study. When The reason why Jesus said nay, write this down, is because Jesus does not take sides. When Jesus shows up, he intends to take over. <laughs> when he shows up, he intends to take over. He doesn't intend to take sides. Because the truth is, there might have been a few who... May not they may not have known the Lord, but they might have had the right heart. That's why God saved um the prostitute from the wrath of Jericho. Do you see that? So again, there's a lot you have to consider here. So here we see Jesus, and he said, Now look at this. Now we're in chapter six. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. What is seven trumpets of ram's horns? Horns represent authority. They also had oil in them. Some of the, yeah, had oil in them. That's the anointing as well. So God is saying with the authority and the anointing that I'm giving you, look at this. Seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priest shall blow with the trumpets. What did I say? Before a move of God, there had to be what? A sound. A sound has to come. Now look at this. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend upon every man straight before him. Look at the way he says the walls are going to come down. It didn't say that the walls will come tumbling down. As some songs would suggest. That's not what it says. It didn't say that the walls were going to just disappear. That's not what he said. It said what? And the walls shall what? Fall down flat. What does that mean? Does that mean it's going to fall down like this and crush him? Or crush the enemy? No. It was pushed down into the ground. That's what that means, flat. It, it, it was pushed down into the ground. In fact, if you look in the research of uh, people found Jericho, the walls, the walls that were once so high up, they're in the ground. So God verified this through science and the word of God. He pushed the walls down. Hmm. What did he say? Say unto the mountain, be thee cast and removed into the sea. Another one, he said, mountain become a plain. You see, so God is saying, push the mountain down 
to the point where it becomes flat like the ground so that you can walk across it. That's why he says, shall fall down flat and the people shall ascend upon every man. So literally imagine you're surrounded by a great wall. You're safe. You're fine. Then the walls come straight down. And the people who were behind the wall, they're now right in front of you and they have a straight line to you. Do you see that? That's what God was saying. That's what Jesus was saying. But look at what he said. He said, give a loud shout after the trumpet sound. Why do they have to shout? This goes into a teaching called the breaker anointing, which I will explain later. But the reason why that word in the Hebrew is rock. Rock. Because he said with the breath, with yourself. So why? Because the spirit of the Lord was already upon them. Glory to God. All they had to do was open their mouth. And, that, and with that breath, creation would have responded because it recognizes the power of Almighty God. It recognizes. That's why you have to know who you are. You have to know who's inside of you. When you speak, he speaks through you. That same breath that raised Jesus from the dead. That same breath. That brought man to life in the first place abides in you by the Holy Spirit. That's why you're supposed to speak to your situation. That's why Jesus said you are to preach the gospel to every creation. That word creature is creation. Bank statements, situation, family, friends. Whatever situation that you're in, whatever trial, tribulation that you're in, whatever struggle, you're supposed to speak to it. You ain't supposed to, well, I need to figure out how to get through this. I need to figure out how to get around this. You have to speak to that mountain. You have to speak the gospel of the kingdom of God to these things, to the trials, to the tribulations. You have to speak. If you do not speak, you will not receive. Do you see that? That's why. It wasn't enough. He wasn't just having them march around. He was saying, when you march, you march like you own it. That's what that means. When they're marching around, they're marching around because they own the land. It's like you own that territory. Then when you give a shout unto God, when you shout with a ruach, the walls will crumble or the walls will what? Fall down flat and let you what? Go across them. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Lord is saying, is showing me that the walls that were intended to keep them out became the very thing that helped them get in. Do you see that? The very same walls that were meant to keep them out were the same walls God used to keep them in. Because every creation, let me tell you something, even man-made things, the walls were intended to be used for those people's purposes, Jericho's purposes, to continue to live their heathen lifestyle, their heathen ways, and stuff like that. Amen? But this is the part that's so amazing. When you speak the kingdom to the creation, 
the creation realizes the creator. So the work, so the literally imagine the walls and the earth itself of which the walls were built on saying, wait a minute, we're before the presence of God. Oh no, we're in the, we're in the way of God's will. Let's all get down. We're, we don't serve Jericho, though we were made by Jericho and we were used for Jericho's purposes. But we still acknowledge the will and purpose of God. Do you see that? When you understand that, you have to realize that your situation will be the very same thing God uses to get you into the promised land. He will use that very same obstacle, the very same walls. He will use that to get you into the land of where you're supposed to be, into the place of your destiny. Now, I want to show you one last thing, you know, um, because of time. But I want you to go with me to Joshua chapter 10. Okay, Joshua chapter 10. This is very important. Okay, Joshua chapter 10. Okay. Glory, hallelujah. Joshua chapter 10. And I want people to receive this right now because this is very important. Um, right here. Um, jo Joshua chapter 10. And let's go to verse... 10. Okay. So now let me give you some background. So this is after Jericho. This is after Jericho. This is after Joshua takes down Jericho and they're defeated, right? They take down the walls of Jericho and they're now known throughout the land. So every other kingdom heard what the Israelites did to Jericho. They already heard how their God delivered Israel out of the hands of Egypt. They already heard that. Now they heard that these Israelites took down Jericho, the biggest and baddest city. So now what happens is one king got wise and became friends with the Israelites and said, look, I fear your God. I fear you and your God. Whatever you need, hey, we cool. Whatever you want, you got it. You see, but then what happened was five kings from other kingdoms, what they did, they conspired against this one kingdom. And so what happens was that this kingdom cried out to the Israelites, yo, can you come back? Can you help us? Because they're going to destroy us if you don't help. This is the part that's so amazing. God will save even the people who are connected to you because of you. God will save even those who are connected to you because why? Because if they acknowledge who you are, that's why. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's why you have even your unsaved friends when they're really in the bind. Who do they come and talk to? They don't go and talk to their friends. They don't go and talk to them. They go. Look, can you pray for me? Can you can you do this? Like, why? Because they know you have it, I don't, and I don't know how to get it. And even though you're telling me how to get it, I'm too hard-headed to get it. 
Let's just be real. Some people, they know you have the keys to salvation, but they still won't accept it. That's why the world to this day, that it doesn't accept Jesus. Why? Even though Jesus is the most loving, most amazing, most wonderful person that you will ever meet when you truly meet him. And yet the world still doesn't receive him. You see, that's the issue here. So what happens is these five kings, these five kingdoms come against them, come against Israel. And because they're coming against Israel, they're coming against um, the people of God. They're coming against the kingdoms that even associate themselves with them. Now, this is the amazing part. Are you ready for this? Look at this. Joshua, therefore, verse uh, chapter 10, verse 9. Look at this. Joshua, therefore, came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all night. So what does he do? He goes and he goes before the Lord and he's there all night. He's interceding for them. Y'all missed that. Do not underestimate the power of prayer. Do not underestimate the power of fellowship with the Lord or with the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all night. So he's there. Now look at this. And the Lord discomfited them before Israel. Do you see that? So look at this. It says, and the Lord discomfited them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them along the way that goeth up to Beth Horon and smote them to Ezekiah and unto Mechadeth. And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel and were in the going down to Beth Horon that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Ezekiah and they died. They were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. Hmm. What does that sound like? What happened in Israel? God's, what happened in Egypt? God sent hailstones to what? To, to against the Egyptians. Do you not see God fulfilling his promise to Joshua? As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Moses parted the Red Sea. I, with Joshua, I parted the Jordan. You see that? You have to see that. When Joshua comes up against every king, every authoritative figure, God says, I already handed you over to them because I put you in a class that is higher than them. You have to understand this because why? Pharaoh was an emperor. So God, in order to beat Pharaoh, had to turn Moses into what? A God. In Exodus 7, he said, for I made thee a God unto Pharaoh. He took him into the class that was higher because he was an emperor. So these five kings, what did God do with Joshua? He put him in the rank higher of a king. He put him in the rank higher than them because even though they were kings and they had kingdoms, look at this. He said, but God is with us. Do you see that? So much so that hailstones killed more people than the Israelites actually fighting. God will do more of the work if you allow him to do it. Now look, then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, son, stand still. 
upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Look at this. So now, Joshua, and I'm about to end this. I'm going to have to do a part two for Joshua because there's so much in here. And um, the Lord really wants me to get to the other parts of Joshua because this is very important. This is the part that the church is missing, but they have to understand this. Look at this. So he commands the sun to stand still and the moon stands still and the sun and the day is extended for a whole 24 hours. Look at this. You have to understand this now. So now God is saying, I'm not going to do the same things that I did with Moses. Moses didn't cause time to stand still. Joshua did that. So God said, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. But look here, you see Joshua do something that was never even seen or done before. Do you see that? So here you see Joshua, he commands the sun to stand still, the moon to stand still, lest the day go for another 24 hours. But this is the thing you have to understand, is that that was particular to Joshua because later God says there wasn't a day not before that nor a day after that. So this was Joshua's very unique anointing. This was something that God placed inside Joshua. God has placed something in every last one of you who believes him. He placed something in you that you're supposed to bring to the earth that the world has not even seen yet. When you communicate and you have a true relationship with the Lord, God will bring something out of you that's never even been done in the earth. That's why the Lord says, and this latter rain is greater than all the other glories. You have to understand this. So what you as the believers have to understand is that you have to, when you pray and when you fellowship with the Lord and say, Lord, what have you placed in me that needs to be given to the earth? What is it that you want to do through me that has never been done before, nor will it be done again? What is it that you want me to do? What is it that you have placed inside of me that you want me to receive? What is it that, that show me what it is that you want me to do? Show me what it is that you have for me. So I'm a close with this. Because I want you to understand this. In Jude, it says, contend for the faith once given to the saints. You have to understand that these people, I'm going to give you the true definition of faith. Faith is zero reliance on you. Is zero reliance on you. A hundred reliance on God. A hundred percent. Faith, the true definition of faith, true faith, is when you have no reliance on yourself but all your reliance is on God. That's the kind of faith these people had. These people had no other means. These people had nothing. They were just in the desert. They were slaves. Now they're taking on kingdoms and they're beating them. When, first off, where in the Bible do you see Israel receive military training? Receive combat training, combat strategies. It's only when God starts to move and show, it says, and God fought with them and God fought for them. 
You have to understand that. When you dealt with Israel, you dealt with God. That was the way it was. So now we, that was part of the old covenant. We have a new covenant in Christ Jesus. That's even greater than the old. So what happens when someone deals with you? The problem with the church, like sometimes we just get bombarded by the world, by the enemy. We get bombarded. We get insulted. We get persecuted. You know, some of y'all know this. Some of y'all have family members that are unsaved. And what do they do every time you come around? They ridicule you. Sometimes they change the conversation or whatever they talk about. They, they try to exclude you. They don't mean to. They just do. Let me tell you something. This is for all the believers. I want you to understand because the, the Lord started showing me that the ministry that the Lord has blessed us with is about to be taken to a whole nother level. And it has to be taken to a whole nother level. But you have to be trained and brought up and prepared for what it is. And so this is the command of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Fear not, for I will be with you. Go and speak to your mountains. Go and speak to your adversities. Go and speak to the things that are hindering you or that are in your way. Speak the gospel of the kingdom of God to those things. And as you move, let God perform the miraculous. If I told you, if we stood at the river and I said, go across. How? Just go across. The faith that these people had, all they had was God say, go. That was it. God said, go. That's good enough for us. How many of us need God to give us a hundred different explanations? How, when is this going to happen? That's not, that's not faith. Faith is reliance on him. So again, I'm about to pray. I'm about to lose the kingdom of God. I'm about to lose. If you, if healings need to be released, I'll do that. I'm, I'm just going to pray as the Lord leads, but I want you to receive this. If you don't receive anything else, receive this. If you don't receive anything else, receive this. When you go out into the world, know that the Lord is with you. Go and be a conqueror like the Israelites were with Joshua. The land is yours. If the Bible says all things are mine and I am Christ and Christ is God's, then that means that the people out here and the world that we live in, it's mine. It's an inheritance. It's mine. When I walk into the grocery store, it's mine. In the name of Jesus, by the kingdom of God, it's mine. I have every authority and right to claim that place for Jesus Christ. When I go into my school, when I go anywhere I go, I can proclaim the kingdom of God there. And who knows, you might win one soul, just one soul, one soul in the grocery store, one soul in your school that could end up saving thousands later on. Are y'all hearing this here? So step out in faith. Trust me, I'm working on this myself. I'm not telling you nothing that I ain't working on. I'll tell you straight up. I have a fear of rejection. I have a fear of wanting to be accepted. I, I, I'll i tell you my fear straight up. I, I don't like to be a bother to people. I like to do my thing. I let you do your thing. And the Lord is literally telling me, somebody, you got to step out of that now. 
Because what I've placed in you, I need you to start showing people. Because you have to put yourself in their shoes. Imagine if I was someone, if I was like them and there was someone around me who knew what I knew. Oh, I'd be begging somebody to tell me. Come on now. That's what I'm about to pray right now. I'm about to pray that the love of God helps you to get over yourself, get over your fears, get over those insecurities, get over all of that and speak and proclaim the kingdom of God. Speak and proclaim that Lord today, I don't care what happens today. I may not win a soul to you today, but I promise you somebody is going to confront the kingdom of God with me today. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Let us pray. If you extend your hands towards me, it's just a act of faith. But I want people to receive your healings, your breakthroughs. I want you to receive whatever it is that the Lord has for you this day. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, I come to you and I give you the highest praise, which is hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. And right now, Lord, I step into my office as king. And right now, Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for everything that you have given us. I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you will touch the people's hearts and minds to receive the word that was given today. I pray, Lord, that you will give them um, just a deeper understanding. I pray, Lord, that you will give them as... You said in the word of Acts chapter four that you will fill them with all boldness to declare your word and do signs and wonders in your name. I pray, Lord, that you will fill us up with your love. I pray, Lord, that you will fill us up with the love of Jesus Christ, that the same love that you have for the world, world, Lord, that that will be poured into us, that, Lord, that you will do amazing things through us, not just um, for you, Lord, but for the glory of your Father. And I pray right now, Lord, that you will just begin to move in a mighty way. I bind and rebuke the kingdom of darkness. I bind and rebuke every satanic agenda. I bind and rebuke every demonic thought, every demonic teaching. I bind and rebuke everything that the world has used to come against them. I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, every fiery dart and arrow that is in the people of God right now, that they will be removed in the places where they have penetrated right now in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I decree and declare right now in the name of Jesus that the enemy is broken. His power is defeated right now. He is made powerless by the name of Jesus and by the finished work of the cross. I loose right now the kingdom of God in your life. I loose right now the Holy Spirit in your life. I pray for wherever you need healing. If there's pain anywhere in your body, move that area and it is healed in Jesus name. I pray right now if you have a family member who is sick or who is experiencing pain, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we pray for that person. We pray for healing in that person's body right now. Complete healing. For Lord, you said by your stripes, we are healed. It doesn't say going to be healed or eventually healed. It says we're healed already. So Lord, we speak to the body. We speak to the mind. We speak and we say, get in line with the kingdom of God 
right now in Jesus' name. Glory, hallelujah. I feel right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, things are just breaking off of things right now. People are being liberated. And I thank you, wonderful Jesus. And I loose the fire of God right now. I pray, Lord, right now for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. I pray that you ignite our hearts and our souls with a fire from your altar so that we can't help but tell people about you. So that we can't help but be light into the world, in this dark world. And I thank you, Lord, for the message. I thank you, Lord, for what it is you've done, doing, and continue to do. But most importantly, I thank you and I love you for being who you are. You are the Lord and there is none other like you. It's in Jesus' name I do pray, while in the presence of the company of the Holy Spirit, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever and ever. And my prayer partners in agreement said with me, amen. Amen and amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Take care and be blessed.